Hello, my awesome mom pod listeners. It's Paige with some exciting news. The Moms Organization Motivation Podcast has had the most amazing three-year run. And thanks to you, it's listened to in more than 85 countries. It's won Best Family Podcast and Best Home and Lifestyle Podcast awards and consistently ranks in the top of the charts globally. I could not have done that without you. It'll continue to be downloadable for all your organization motivation needs. And now there'll be a brand new podcast to listen to. If like me, you love being a mom and also desire more. Head over to the Time to Pivot podcast right now and hit subscribe. Each week, my guest and I will be sharing all the ways we've learned to pivot in our life and business as we share our God-given gifts and serve others and still make it to the carpool line on time. I can't wait for this fun new podcast to begin April 17th, 2023. So mark your calendars and join me on the Time to Pivot podcast. I'm Paige Killian, and I'm passionate about helping busy moms of littles organize and style their life in three simple steps. Living this mom life is incredible and sometimes completely overwhelming. Is stressing about overstuffed drawers, never-ending mail piles, a mountain of Legos, and our kids' artwork really what God intended? No way! Getting organized has been a game changer for me and also my clients, but it has to be simple or it just won't get done. So let's simplify the process and clear the clutter to see the blessings God has for us. I know your time is valuable, so thanks for joining me each week for a healthy dose of organization and a whole lot of motivation. Hello, hello. I am so pumped right now. I cannot wait to share with you this new chapter that I have not shared with anyone yet. So obviously my besties here who are joining me on the podcast get to hear it first. The book is not officially released yet, but it is coming soon. So continue to check in in show notes after you hear some of these book excerpts, if it is, you know, really sparking your interest. I hope that it is. Or if you feel like it would be a great gift to give a girlfriend or fellow mama of yours, it would make me so, so happy if you would pick up a copy or maybe more to share with your friends. I'm really excited if you can't tell in my voice, because this chapter is so near and dear to me because it is something that I feel like we all need. And it is chapter seven, organized on autopilot. Now I have referenced this, I think, gosh, back in the day of the podcast, I started, it was like episode three or four. I think, I think it was, I think it was three. Of course it was three. I love the threes. So, uh, that one talked about how you can organize on autopilot and it was sort of just, just the tip of the iceberg. Like it was just a little flavor of things that you can do. And so this chapter of the book, I knew had to be just chock full packed with different examples of how we can organize on autopilot. So I hope you'll listen and enjoy. Here we go. Chapter seven, organize on autopilot. 
We are what we repeatedly do. Aristotle. You know that feeling you get when you leave one location and arrive in your driveway sometime later, wondering who actually drove the car because your brain was totally wandering? You were on autopilot. It can be unnerving trying to quickly recount your drive, praying you stopped at all the stop signs as you thought about the contents of your fridge, compiling a suitable dinner in your head. Then, praying you didn't blaze through a red light as you listened to your daughter recount her day while handing back three different types of snacks to your toddler in an effort to keep him from interrupting your conversation every few seconds just to spite you. While it can sometimes be frightening to use this ability of multitasking to drive a car with precious cargo in it, it can also be used in a totally safe way that will help you manage your time and energy incredibly well. It's time to merge your three E's and your magical ability to multitask into a new superpower, organizing on autopilot. Organizing and styling a room can be fun, and it can even help to eliminate stress and anxiety that may have existed before due to clutter or lack of organization. Hopefully, after learning how to get organized with the necessary purge, the optional sale, and the final style, you know that a life including organization is possible. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out process that takes months and years to get through when juggling littles and jobs and new seasons of life. Who has time for a million steps and the frustration that comes with the weight of getting all your steps fully completed? With the guidance of the three steps, purge, sale, style, it can actually be relatively quick and painless. In fact, it can give you an opportunity to be creative, satisfy some of your needs and your family's needs, and even generate income to cover any costs you may have for new adventures or even more suitable organization bins or functional furniture if that's how you choose to allocate it. Now that there are some ideas you may be brainstorming for redesigning and styling your space, think about how you can use your multitasking superpowers to actually organize on autopilot and keep the clutter from coming back. There's nothing worse than completing your organization vision and later seeing your effort go to waste as more clutter finds its way back into your space. To keep that from happening, I encourage a couple of things. First, make organizing a family affair. Discuss new rules and boundaries when communicating the new places your items will go when not in use. This will help manage expectations of keeping it neat and keep the responsibility of staying organized from falling solely on you. Next, allow for some grace. For littles and for spouses sometimes too, there can be an adjustment period for staying organized. For example, you may need to break those old habits of dropping your mail, keys, wallet, bag, travel mug, backpack, and every piece of kid's art that comes home from school that day on the entryway table or kitchen counter without a specific plan of where it will quickly be put away. This is where autopilot comes in. It's time to get so good at not just putting things away in those designated spots, but at purging the unused clutter at the same time. Make it a habit to consistently be taking inventory of what you have and not bringing in too much more that won't really serve you well. Always be questioning. If you were at a store right now, would you pay money for that item in your hand or furniture in your room? 
be thinking if you have no more use for that item, who would, and how can you get it to them, a donation or yard sale? So it's out of your way. Certainly this taps into your multitasking super mom abilities. You were made for this mama. Before I dive into the many ways multitasking can help you feel more productive, save you valuable time in your busy schedule, and be an example to your kids of accomplishing tasks that create a healthy, stress-free living environment, I'll address a common concern that might be popping up in your head. There's definitely research that suggests some downfalls of multitasking, and I totally agree with it. If you're driving you don't want to be texting too, no matter how urgent that text is. That's not safe. If you're doing someone's taxes and someone comes in to ask you about another person's tax receipts, you run the risk of making a mistake on both of their paperwork, potentially costing them lots of money. That's not smart. If you've been called into a doctor's office to discuss a serious diagnosis and you are distracted by trying to research information on the internet about what she's explaining, you could be missing important details that could help you both pinpoint the problem. That's not focused. It's imperative that multitasking be taken out of some parts of your life intentionally so you are remaining safe, smart, and focused. That's obvious. However, women, moms especially, were given the ability to multitask like magicians to accomplish more in a day, sometimes in an hour, than others may find completely overwhelming. For example, when we're grocery shopping with our littles, we may simultaneously be teaching them their colors with every watermelon, bell pepper, and banana we add to our cart. These days, my daughter is enamored with numbers, so asking her how much something costs at the store And having a math lesson on the fly is multitasking for sure. Listening to a podcast while sitting in the carpool line is one of my favorite ways to multitask, absorbing valuable information and inspiration with very little effort. And has any mom ever thrown in a load of laundry and mindlessly stood there staring at it for an entire cycle? No way. You know you're tidying and organizing the space all around that laundry room until it's time to transfer them to the dryer removing the few items that need to air dry while answering emails about an upcoming school event, texting your friend who just had a baby to see when you can bring her a meal and hold the baby while she showers, then making a grocery list for said meal. Am I right? Multitasking in those ways aren't dangerous and don't require super focused attention or accuracy. These are often things we do on autopilot too, just like connecting spiritually in prayer throughout the day during all these tasks. Why not add organizing to your multitasking abilities? This is also what my friend and coach Kelly might call running plan A and plan B at the same time. If we are dedicated to organizing and styling our lives, so our environment and schedule are truly serving us and our efforts efficiently, let's really manage our priorities and actions in a thoughtfully safe, smart, and focused way. Here are some examples of how to do just that. Remember in the introduction, when I asked if you get joy out of making the bed, I said that I did, but not necessarily the making it part. Typically I'm making it long before I've had my coffee and I am not a morning person. So here's where the joy comes in and how I've given myself every chance of success 
at doing this task on autopilot. First, here's the reminder of the joyful part of making my bed every morning. Feeling less anxiety when I walk in the room and it looks neat, not a sloppy mess. The encouragement to keep the rest of the room tidy and organized, not a dumping ground for clothes and papers. The feeling of being productive as soon as I wake up, which encourages me to be more productive later and not like climbing back in bed and procrastinating if it's still unmade. Plus the confidence of setting a good example for my kids who are watching my every move instead of questioning why they have to make their beds and keep their rooms clean if I don't. Making the bed every morning is exactly the sort of thing I might suggest to a client who's feeling like she's stressed from the moment she wakes up because clutter has taken over or lack of structure in her schedule is causing some anxiety. In an effort to get her started off on the right foot, that will hopefully pave the way to some other organization strategies. I might offer this helpful suggestion if making the bed as step one of her day feels frustrating or irritating. If you have several throw pillows that take time to assemble, consider ditching them for a couple of large pillows only, or perhaps only one small decorative pillow with the fun pattern or inspirational thing. If you have a comforter that requires lots of fluffing and tweaking before it looks nice, maybe a thin, easy to wash and make up quilt versus that fluffy duvet cover would serve you better. I'm not talking about a tattered old patchwork quilt thing. They make nice looking solid colored quilts or ones with a subtle print. If you're thinking you aren't really a quilt person, you can always add a cozy top blanket on the nights your quilt or thin comforter is not enough. You want making your bed to be simple. You should be able to hop up with one eye open thoughts of coffee in your mind only and make up your bed in 10 to 20 seconds. You can always go back after your shower or second cup of Joe to tuck in a sheet corner you missed or fluff a pillow. The point is to get it done and do it fast without much thought at all. Also, if you're sharing that bed with someone, let him know you are responsible for your own side and his side should get made when he gets up too. You have better things to do than spend too much time making your bed or allowing the stress of a messy bedroom stand in your way. Once you consistently do this enough, you and your partner will be making your bed on autopilot, which will be setting you up for mega success throughout your day. I can assure you, as I am making mine right now, I'm not thinking about the steps to get it done or feeling frustration over an annoying duvet cover that is fluffy on my side and completely crushed and entangled in sheets on my husband's side. It's been simplified. So the only thoughts in my mind are almond milk or coconut milk creamer today. At our house, there's a rule that no one is allowed to go upstairs empty handed. You can't go up without grabbing something that has been placed on the stairs. If there's nothing there that belongs to you, consider it your opportunity to have a servant's heart and deliver it to the appropriate room or specific spot where it belongs upstairs. There are also boundaries that might be a kid-free zone, like a home office or a closet that doesn't belong to them. So keep that in mind if you're asking them to kindly return an item to its resting place. It might take some programming and encouragement from you to get this idea to take hold in your home, but you will be greatly rewarded when you start seeing it happen without those friendly reminders. If I'm being honest, 
I consider it to be wasted energy. If you're not going from one room to another without something in your arms or acknowledging that you're multitasking in some way, even if moving from one room to another is just another way of hitting your total steps for the day on your fancy tech watch, that counts as multitasking and not wasting energy. Perhaps beyond that, you could be grabbing the bag from the trash can to toss on your way out the door. Maybe you could grab a laundry basket as you're walking by your kid's room to drop into the washer before heading to the kitchen to start dinner. I always try to have something in my arms as I'm moving around the house to accomplish many things simultaneously. Like when Rachel Ray loads her arms up with a ton of ingredients from the fridge and pantry before heading over to her stove top to make a delicious 30 minute meal. No wasted energy there. Hey, can that count as weightlifting or resistance training too? I think so. These additional efforts aren't ones that require major brain power or serious thought, like you definitely need for crunching numbers on your taxes. This is a safe, smart way to multitask, accomplishing multiple things on your to-do list. A busy mom's job is never done. So let's embrace our God-given knack for knocking out a few things at a time, freeing up that extra time to enjoy doing other things you love. If Aristotle is right, and we are what we repeatedly do, then I am most definitely an organizer by nature. It's in me, so much so that I can do it on autopilot. Can you? Even if it doesn't come naturally, but you've made that conscious choice to be more intentional in what you're keeping and bringing into your home, you are becoming an organized person. Your brain can be trained and retrained. You can train it to organize on autopilot instead of simply tidying or cleaning around your clutter. How often have you moved that stack of mail over to wipe down the countertops instead of just stopping right then and there to sort the mail, shred the trash and pay the bills. Organizing that on autopilot means implementing some hard and fast mail rules, like not even walking into the house with it. If there's a recycle bin near your door to toss the stuff you'll never read. You can also cancel those subscriptions you never really look at anymore anyway. If you're doing this consistently, that means almost every day for the mail, you won't be seeing it pile up as often. And certainly it won't be as large a pile to sort. It might be wise to consider getting your bills set up on automatic electronic payment as well. The bonus in this is that some companies actually offer discounts on what you owe if you choose to set up a paperless bill paying system. Did you know that? When you cut the issues off at the source, it's easier to stay legitimately organized in your home, thus taming the anxiety and stress from unnecessary paper clutter. Bonus tech tip, other than electronic alerts for bill payment and emails from work or your friends, hit unsubscribe as often as possible to keep your inbox clutter free. Those pesky notifications for something you don't ever want to read can start adding to your stress level too. Other than the overwhelming stacks of mail that may be getting pushed to the side time and time again, I've found that lots of my clients don't have a pantry area that is truly making food prep and snacking very convenient either. This is definitely an area where the whole family could use some support and organization, and it only requires some thought at first. Once you've got it set up, autopilot takes over. 
most likely you are bringing in new things to put in your pantry each week, just like the mail that arrives daily. Because of the constant inflow, it's imperative that you're purging the old, expired goods, have proper food zones, and keep bulky boxes and packaging to a minimum. Not only will this look more attractive, hello, actually de-stressing your brain when you open the pantry door, but it also can lend itself to creating more confident and independent kids. When everything has a zone with helpful baskets or bins, or those amazing acrylic divided lazy Susans from the container store for pantry shelves and corners that are rightfully placed and easily accessible for your kiddos, they can learn to help themselves and you in the kitchen. They're often more likely to take pride in their food choices because they can get them all by themselves. So choose your snacks wisely, mom, and keep those sugary treats way up high. Other than reaching for healthier food selections that are provided at eye level and not grazing all day on sweets that are conveniently out of sight and reach, you may start to see some changes in behavior too. I've noticed that when our pantry is in good working order, the kids also start wanting to serve the family or house guests by grabbing something for them that they may need. This is certainly a long run payoff. This convenience, coincidentally, will play a part in having a more structured schedule. If you're organizing your pantry on autopilot by regularly purging the old, sticking to the age-appropriate food zones, and eliminating bulky packaging, it decreases the time spent searching for what you want, overbuying something you already have, or discovering at the worst possible moment that you are completely out of what you need. Very frustrating. Making the effort to organize your pantry will soon become old hat and you won't even need to think about keeping it tidy. Multitask away while you unload those groceries and prep a delicious meal because your nicely organized pantry will be serving you in so many ways. When it's time to put laundry away, organizing that on autopilot means continuously making those three piles of sell, donate, and keep. Purging anything that really shouldn't go back into your closet or drawers anymore on a regular basis will keep it from piling up. The littles grow out of their clothes and shoes so quickly that this can become a mega stressor if you're bringing in newer, bigger sizes and failing to purge the ill-fitting ones. I have a bin in both my kids' rooms that will collect things that aren't they aren't wearing anymore. I do the same thing in my closet. I'll start hanging the things I think I've possibly worn for the final time at one end of my closet. The same idea goes for the toys and activities that are in our home. When I know a birthday or a holiday where gifts or exchange is coming up, I do an extra big purge, taking inventory of what the kiddos are actually playing with. If it hasn't been touched in a few weeks, it's not a seasonal item that they'll use later. It goes. I don't let who gave it to them become a deciding factor that might normally have guilt attached to getting rid of it. If I know that my kids aren't going to use it, I get excited about the possibility of it going to another deserving family who will find joy in it. Additionally, it might make sense to contact those sweet family members ahead of time who love to shower you and your littles with gifts and mention things they need, like a bigger size in footy pajamas or outdoor activity, experience, or gift card instead of more stuffed animals and large toys requiring assembly. So they aren't adding more clutter to your humble abode. 
It's also a really nice gesture and totally teachable moment to recommend a favorite charity that they may donate in your name in lieu of a gift. That can be pretty special when you get to deliver a check or goodies to someone in need. These are just a few examples of rooms, items, and areas that have been troublesome for my clients to keep tidy and organized. Again, you don't have to try to implement all of these at once in every room of your home. Just start consciously noticing where that extra buildup of clutter is happening over and over again and find a place nearby to add a bin for a constant purge. This can be a pretty bin or a basket under your coffee table, a bag with handles in a storage closet in the garage or under the staircase, or even a drawer in your dresser specifically devoted to items on their way out of your home. When you get a moment today, perhaps when the kiddos are tucked into their beds or when they've headed off to school, walk around your home and take note of any places you are seeing a buildup of clutter. Then locate a smart spot. You could insert a purge or donation bin, bag with handles, or an empty drawer to gather those unused or overflowing items. You may want to even include the kids in this search, asking them to find areas that are constantly messy, like a closet, dresser, pantry, playroom, or entryway, and ask where they think a purge or donation bin should reside. Sometimes a fresh set of eyes can be a big help in getting organized and they may notice areas you hadn't considered. Just keep those options in mind as you're purging the old to make room for the new and set aside the unused stuff for the donate and sell piles that should continuously be added to. When you get enough for a sale, if you want to attempt one, Gather the things from your purging bins in bags with handles midweek and start prepping your yard sale signs for that upcoming Saturday. If it's a slower to grow bin of items and you don't want to do a sale that season, put them in your car for donation the next day or take them to the post office to ship to your besties for their little ones to enjoy. You might not guess this from looking at me, you know, if I'm being typecast, but I played softball competitively for many years as a kid and even coached a couple years in college. I was always the smallest kid on my team. Well, except for one year when we had the tiniest powerhouse pitcher we'd ever seen. Even though I was small, I knew my strengths. I was fast and I had a very small strike zone. I learned to leverage that to contribute to the success of my team. We were taught by our coaches the benefits of playing a good short game. That meant doing what it took in the moment to ultimately win in the long run. For me, it meant taking an occasional walk when the pitcher struggled to serve me a strike. That meant I got on base, and in fast pitch, I loved to steal bases. Playing the short game sometimes meant just getting base hits that brought the other players home, or bunting, running the risk of getting out at first but advancing your teammate to home plate. Earning another point on the board is tough in softball and final scores, even on the elite teams could look like zero to one, one to two or two to three. Those runs were magic. Defensively, I often played shortstop, which is the position infield between second and third base. It's a fast paced position and a chance to really support your team, often in back to back plays. There's nothing better than hearing your dad shout from the dugout three up, three down, as you take the field and knowing you have a chance to make that happen if you've practiced a million times and you're in the zone. 
Those days you practice so late into the night, surrounded by the scream of the crickets, buzz of the locusts, and smacks of the ball in your glove over and over again, prepared you for those double headers in the blazing hot, humid summer days. With the crack of the bat, the thud of the ball bouncing up from the ground in front of you, you make the catch, tag the second base, and throw to first for a double play, all on autopilot. Your body and mind know exactly what to do because you've trained it. And when you play a good short game by supporting your team, everyone wins in the long run. This same concept can be used in getting organized too, and the whole family benefits. The short game means putting in the training time where you've implemented change. So you are naturally organizing on autopilot and it's surely a win in the end. I am going to stop there. That is a little bit of organizing on autopilot, some examples of that. And of course, a little softball, baseball reference in there. We're totally in that season with my son right now. So I had to make sure that that made it into the podcast episode today. I hope that you are enjoying some of these excerpts from the book. Please, as always, make sure you are checking out the show notes. There will also be a place for upcoming information about the book at everythingwithstyle.com. If you go there, make sure you're signing up for the newsletter because that will absolutely have some good juicy details about all things that are happening with the book. I got to be honest. I just can't even believe I am saying these words right now in my bedroom with my blue Yeti microphone and my headphones and my laptop open. It feels like when I wrote this book some few years ago that it may never see the light of day. (laughs) I wondered if it was just like a very elaborate journal entry. (laughs) So the fact that It's actually getting out into the world is very exciting and it makes me so happy that I feel supported in trying this. And I just want to go the extra step and say, if you are listening to this and you have a story to get out into the world, it doesn't matter how you get it out, write it down on paper, stand up in front of an audience and tell people about it. Start a podcast. People need to hear what you have to say because your God-given gifts experiences and things that you've gone through in your life will absolutely help other people. So again, I'm just going to say thank you so much for being here and listening. If this was helpful for you, pass it on to a friend and let me know, are you guys doing some organizing on autopilot in your own home? I hope you are. If that feels daunting or overwhelming, don't worry go back and listen to that episode where I talk about the 1% rule. Don't feel like things have to be overwhelming. Just start a little bit at a time and hopefully you'll find some additional uh, information and items in the book that you can start using and implementing in your own home. I will tell you that there's a bit of a guide element, like almost like a workbook style element to this book, because I really believe that writing things down makes them real and actionable. They're not just thoughts floating around in your head, but they're actually implementable things that you can put down on paper and see happen. Those goals that you have can actually 
totally come to life. So uh, I hope that you will enjoy that part of the book as well. So grab a pen or pencil when you do get it and start to jot down some of these things in the allotted space, because I really, truly believe that that will help you move forward in the progress of getting those things that have just maybe been making you crazy for a while, actually getting them done. And remember, it is not a solo mission. I am here with you. I've got you, girlfriend. I will talk to you next week for some more of the book. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Moms Organization Motivation Podcast. For more resources to organize and style your busy life, head over to everythingwithstyle.com and connect with me on Instagram at everythingwithstylemom. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with your friends, rate and review it on iTunes, that's Apple Podcasts now, and let me know what you'd like to hear about next. Thanks again for listening and happy organizing.